everyone. My name is Cass. And my name is Evan. And welcome back to the Nerd Normal podcast where we talk a little bit of nerd and a whole lot of normal. And to start us off today, Evan is going to tell us a fun fact about himself. Yeah, I am. And it sort of builds on one that I briefly mentioned in last episode, which I feel like I should have discussed more. Uh, I almost died multiple times on the same diving trip. Yay! We love oh, near-death experiences. Absolutely. Like, because it started out because, so it was a scuba dive in, I think it was Belize, this one happened in. Okay. And so it was off of a boat. So basically what needs to happen is that you need to uh, step way off because otherwise if you do a light step off, then the deck hits the tank as you fall. So I didn't step far enough, so the deck caught the tank and pushed it right up into, like, the back part of your skull, you know, like that little part there. Ouchie. Yeah. So that hurt. I am amazed that it didn't, you know, fracture anything. But yeah. on that exact same dive, I almost ran out of air. Yay! Dang! Two near-death experiences. Two near-death experiences, yeah. Like... I need to, I always try and watch out for that sort of stuff, but yeah. I guess today, or that day wasn't the day. Today but was not the day. <laughs> today, I wish today was the day, because I really want to go back to scuba diving. It's been years since I went. I've never been scuba diving before. I've always mm -hmm. wanted to go, um, but I have, I just have an irrational fear of dying, so... Scuba diving and the idea of drowning while dying is not very fun to me, but I'm sure it's an incredible experience. I'm good without doing it, though. I will sit on the boat and look from above. <laughs> well, hey, what if we one-up it, though, you know? What about cage diving, you know? It's basically scuba diving, but you're in a cage with sharks no. surrounding you. Yay! Immediately, no. That never goes good in the movies, and life imitates art, so I'm so good. So you're so fine good. not reenacting those movies? <laughs> I'm so fine not reenacting, you know, Jaws or whatever other fucking movies, because that's a trope, is getting killed by sharks. Which is actually really what? funny, because sharks, I think, are pretty docile, and they chill for the most part. I've, I've yeah, watched a lot like... of Shark Week growing up, but, like, movies, like, Jaws especially, I guess, made it, you know, scary. Made sharks demons yeah, of the I... water. But orcas are more also... deadly than that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I always, whenever someone talks about how they're so scared of scuba diving, because what about the sharks? I just go back to look at the shark attack stats, and it's like, you're more likely to get struck by lightning, I think. And yeah. that can happen basically anywhere, so. Yeah, yeah. you're not helping my anxiety here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Maybe we move off the near-death talk then for now. Yeah. We I go to the main I... topic. Yeah. So today, Evan and I, well, I at least have noticed online, especially because Evan isn't on social media as much as I am, but especially the month of March, it's Pedro Pascal's life and Pedro Pascal's Hollywood, and we are just living in it. He is so cool. He's so adorable. We've talked about him on this podcast before, I believe. No, we did it on the test podcast. Oh, okay. We, we haven't so... done it on the official one. <laughs> Okay, well, Evan and I have personally talked about Pedro Pascal a lot. 
Um, and so we just decided, since he's an awesome, amazing, talented little bean, we would dedicate a little podcast to him, which Evan has cleverly named the Pedro Pascal Power Hour. Because it just makes sense, you know? I mean, going right off of Last of Us to another season of The Mandalorian, like, before Mandalorian started airing, I was so excited for this entire, you know, this entire stretch of month plus of Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's changed a little since then, but we'll get to that later, because, like, Pedro Pascal is just an awesome actor and an awesome human being all around, yeah. I think, you know? Yes, and yes, yes. I, oh, it's so great talking about actors who are just good people also. Sort of like whenever you talk about Keanu Reeves, for example. Yeah. It's just, it feels so nice to know that they're both talented and, you know, humble, down-to-earth people. Me with Taylor Swift. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't her podcast, but <laughs> one day. No, I'm just kidding. Well, one maybe day. one day. We'll see. One day. Um... Yes, I was going to mention too. I mean, today Evan and I are primarily because, you know, of his recent topics and things that he's been and we're mainly going to talk about The Last of Us and The Mandalorian. But I just wanted to take a brief moment to say I started watching him in Narcos the other day because I had seen on TikTok that he was in Narcos too. And so I started watching it, which is really interesting because most of Narcos is in Spanish, and I like to do stuff while I'm, you know, watching TV. So having to actually pay attention to a show is kind of weird for me sometimes. Um, Boy, the, the anime watcher here would never understand how that feels. I know. I was talking about that with my coworker yesterday. But yeah, um, I started watching, and he's very good in Narcos, too. Like, I would like, if he is listening, he's probably not. But if he ever does, to just give himself a pat on the back for Narcos, because he freaking kills it. Yeah. in narcos at least from what i've seen so far so i've been meaning to see him in narcos because the funny thing is that i never saw the original narcos i only saw the spinoff narcos mexico and even oh, then really? i only saw the first season but like that one was also good i mean it had gabriel luna uh that's the no is it it's gabriel luna who played andor in rogue one right I don't really know. I didn't. I stopped watching Star Wars a long time ago. No offense. Uh, okay. Other than the Mandalorian. Not, other than the Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's got him. It's got the. I am so horrible with names, and I apologize. The guy who plays Luis in Ant Man is in it in like a dramatic role, and he kills it. And it was just, just such a good series. Oh, but, okay. I know who you're talking about Luis and Ant Man because that's yeah. a big meme on TikTok too. I think. Yeah, I so. still am so, so upset that, like, you heard what the director said about Ant-Man 3, right? How there's no cut of the movie which has him in it for even a single scene? Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah I like, still haven't direct... seen Ant-Man. I'm a fake fan, but... You're, you're not missing much, but... I know. We're getting off topic. Like... We're getting yeah. off topic. We keep talking anyway. about all these actors, but we gotta talk about Pedro Pascal. It is. I know, we started going yeah. down a tangent. This is what happens exactly. when Rudy's gone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, um, this is why we need our manager here. This is why we need the manager here. Um, <laughs> but I do, I just did want to give, you know, a little shout out to Narcos because, you know, we're not going to be talking about it, but I started watching it and it's really interesting. So if anybody wants to ever look at it or check it out, I really highly recommend it. 
almost everybody on this planet has a Netflix account. It's on there. And like Evan said, there's a spinoff to it, too. It mainly is about Pablo Escobar's, you know, life. And I believe it's narrated from a detective who looked into him a lot. From what I can gather, again, I watch TV right before I go to sleep, so I'm not exactly sure. But it's been really good, and you should watch it. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yeah, I'm definitely going to add it to my list. I've There have been so many things I've needed to add to my watch list lately that it's getting out of hand. But yeah, that one is too. absolutely on the list. Yeah. Alrighty. So that I guess we got to start talking about the last. Or we have to start talking about the last of us. We really yeah. should start talking about the last of us because it is such an amazing show. It's so it hard is, to like, talk about the last of us. It's such a bad show. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, That's sarcasm. Yeah, how awful. <laughs> Super awful. I I've seen a lot of hot takes about the show about why it's the worst thing ever made. Most of them are for the usual bullshit reasons that you'd expect. But I swear, it is just in a, it is a perfect adaptation, I think. It genuinely is. Because you, did you, you watched some of the game, right, Cass? Or did you play it? Well, I watched the whole game. My stepdad and I, especially when I was kids, kind of pick games in half where I would watch and help him with like the puzzle pieces and he would do all the hand-eye coordination shooting stuff because I'm good at the puzzles but he's better at the you know playing so we were kind of a team playing but yeah I I did play that quote-unquote play that one with him um when I was a kid nice yeah because I also played it when I was a kid uh I never played the DLC which is why I'm really glad they adapted it into the show so I could yeah. get that side of things, which I missed. But it was absolutely one of my favorite video games at the time. I haven't played it since that first time I played it, so I do need to do a replay. Played the yeah. second one, which uh, we, we're going to... So in advance, we're going to keep this episode game spoiler free. So we won't be talking about stuff specifically that happens in the second video game yeah because that's going to be adapted for the show and we're going to assume that if you're listening to this you've either finished the show or you've finished the game so you have a general idea of what the story of the first season is about because i feel like we're absolutely going to be talking about spoilers here as well yeah at least to the first season because Mm -hmm. at this point it'll have been out by the time this goes up for like a month and a half, so you had time. Yeah, there's been time, I think. We'll yeah. still, I think we'll still keep things, well, kind of vague, but not really. We will talk about some specific plot points, but I guess uh, to start, if you're one of the maybe five people who don't know what The Last of Us is about, basically it's a post-apocalyptic story where there's this guy called Joel who is tasked with transporting this girl named Ellie across the country because she is immune to this uh, zombie virus, or not virus, this zombie fungus, which mm-hmm. is infecting people and killing them. And, and I do... Think... Oh, sorry. Oh, I... No, you go ahead. Trust me. I wanted to point out, I we already talked about my fear and anxiety of dying. Um, when this show came out, 
people were talking about how the virus in The Last of Us is called the cordyceps, or sorry, not the virus, the fungus um, that takes place in The Last of Us called the cordyceps fungus. That is a real fungus, by the way. Uh, it doesn't take place in humans. It cannot control humans. But it can control ants, and it controls, like, bugs and snails and shit. And that was scary. I did not like that. Zero out of ten. But it made for a great show, so I will accept it. Absolutely. But like they even said, right in the very first scene of the show, like, the show opens up with talk about how, yeah, it's real, and guess what? It could spread to humans. And, like, so... Like, terrifying and awesome, I felt like, that opening scene. Just Yeah, maybe awesome for you, but not for me. I was okay <laughs> I without that. Well, fingers crossed it doesn't, you know? I mean, uh, let's we, hope. We can I read up yeah. a lot about it. It's, they've, I've seen a lot of scientists say that it's, it's probably not going to happen that way, and that if it does, the entire world will be infected in 40 minutes. It's definitely probably not going to happen. Yeah. If it does... I'm not even going to have time to process. I'm just going to be dead in 40 minutes. So that's we'll great. just be gone. Yeah. I'll, I'll be fine. And like the show really captured that also, how fast everything fell. Because like right from the first episode, it, be, it begins and it basically shows that the entire world fell in, well, not 40 minutes, but in like two days <laughs> was all it took. Yeah. And everyone was gone. Yeah. That's um... just terrifying to think of, you know? Yeah, in the show, um, they don't specifically outright say it, but you can kind of infer that the fungus managed to get into some wheat or grain. Um, I'm pretty sure it was wheat, though, in mm -hmm. India. And then, obviously, India is a massive producer of a whole bunch of food and agriculture items. So it got spread around the world really, really quick from importing and exporting. And, yeah... It's crazy. Joel manages to escape by the skin of his teeth. The day yeah. that the cordyceps happened, he was offered to eat like some biscuits, some bread, some cookies, like seven different times. Yeah. He was just <laughs> massively lucky. But you know what? His birthday gift, because this happened on his birthday, mind you, was that yeah. he got to live. Yeah. And right away, that builds us right into the man of the episode, Pedro Pascal. He is. Like, he's so amazing in the show. Like, yes. we're going to gush about him a lot this episode yeah. with good reason. But he carries every single scene that he's in. He's scary when he needs to be scary. He's, like, emotional when he needs to be emotional. He is able to convey so many emotions so quickly. And it is genuinely amazing. Yeah, and one thing that I don't see a lot of people talking about either is he does a really good job of being not only like this dad figure down the line to Ellie, of being an emotionally compassionate person after Ellie goes through trauma, um, of being a strong guy and having to kill people when he needs to kill people. But he's also, at this point in the time, I want to say like I did the math in my head while I was watching, like 50 or 60 years old at the time that he has to cross the country basically on foot with Ellie. And they do a good job of making sure that you know he's tired. Not that 60s old, but in the apocalypse, it's definitely old, you know? And, right. and he does a good job just being a well-rounded actor of a guy who is 
energetic and amazing when he needs to be, but also just showing how exhausted he is in scenes. And nobody talks right. about that. And like, like I think that the word that I hear used to describe that is he's, you know, human. Like he feels incredibly yeah. human in the show, which you'd think is easy for a show to handle, but so, so many get wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I really appreciated his acting. This was like the first show that really put me on to Pedro. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm really happy that <laughs> I was put on to Pedro because I'm really excited for other things that he's going to do in the future. I, it's hard to say you have a favorite episode of the show because mm-hmm. so many episodes of the show are very depressing. And like the best made ones are the most depressing. Yeah, that's the truth. And the thing I like the most about The Last of Us is it's not so... M- this was a whole debate on TikTok, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> but um, I feel like you know what I'm about to say because I've said it to you before. A lot of people were really upset with the fact that the show didn't have as much fighting scenes as it did in mm-hmm. the game. And to that, I say, if you want to fight, play the game because the show is definitely not about the fighting or the cordyceps virus like obviously it's a big part of it but the main story that they wanted you to see is the story between joel and ellie and honestly i feel like they did that really well like Mm -hmm. i don't think they could have done it any better than what they did personally yeah and like i listened to the after episode podcasts that they had for the show like Mm -hmm. i listened to every one because they were a great way for me to get through work yeah and the main thing that the creators kept talking about was that this was a show about love and all of the good and bad that comes with love all of the either toxic love or the beautiful love or the messed up perverted love yeah all of that and i think they absolutely succeeded with that they did. That's... I feel like they did a good job showing not only like the good sides of love and father-daughter love and just a love for a person, but they did a good job, you know, showing the bad parts of it too and the parts where you yeah. don't know what you're doing and you're literally taking one step at a time. Mm-hmm. And to very briefly also touch on the people who said, oh, there's not enough action. I have to ask, why do we remember The Last of Us, the game? Was it because of the excellent pulse-pounding action? Or was it because of the amazing story? Because I I know (laughs) for a fact that most people who talk about The Last of Us always lead with, well, the gameplay was fine, but the story is amazing. Like, come on. Like, if if this was a Doom movie, then obviously that would be different. Yeah. But it's not. It's a Last of Us movie. Or show. Show, yeah. Yeah. I remember, um, too, like, there was a bunch of people on TikTok saying this, and there was just one where I commented, because somebody was like, as someone who played the game, I'm so sad that there was no action in the show. Like, what even is the point? I'm going to stop watching. And I literally commented back, if you want to play with the action, then go play the fucking video game. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really not that deep. Like, I don't, like, they have moments where, like, they go into, like, the cordyceps and fighting it. But if they, like, the... The first game, I looked it up, has 13 out, thirteen playable hours. They mm-hmm. only had, like, nine hours for the show. So, obviously, some things were going to get cut out, and the non-essential fighting parts of the game 
are going to be what gets cut. Like, I don't understand what's not computing in some people's brains when it comes to that. Because it's exactly. like, if you want the action, play the game. Like, it's literally right there. It's been out forever, and it was just released on PC, so there's no reason why you can't oh, do that. You know what I mean? PC port is awful from what I hear, though. Like, bugs everywhere. Port yeah, I mean, bugs, it did just but... come out, and yeah. I mean, it's, it's... I will say, give I'll it a break. Say, though, if you really do want action, and that's what you're here for, I'll do you one better. Why not go play The Last of Us Part 2? The action is amazing in that game, you know? And Jaw because you really me. care all about the action, and the story definitely isn't that important to you, you should be perfectly fine with The Last of Us Part 2. Yeah. yeah. This What is it in the middle? There's a character you have to play like 14 playable hours of. Yeah, like... With no break in the middle, you're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, the pro like the problem... The big problem with that game being vague is that they force you to play as this character halfway through. However, like. early on, they do something that makes sure that you could never like this character ever. Yeah. Like you, I'm really hoping that they change things for the show. Like, I kind of follow they don't. the like. Really? Yeah, I feel like The Last of Us, the first season, it's so well loved because it's so it honors you know what what the show or sorry what the movie bring or blah, 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 sorry it honors what <laughs> the video game brought to the table and i know that they're thinking about making of the last of us three right not like in you know in the show but like in real life like for the video game yeah so if they end up making a lot the last of us three i don't see how any of that is possible without honoring what happens in the second one as much as I hate to say it. And right. also, and one other I, thing, sorry, bef before you oh, go yeah. into what you're saying, one thing I like about yeah. The Last of Us 1 is, as much as I don't like what happens in The Last of Us 2, it perfectly pairs with the themes of what goes on with Ellie's life, right? So in The Last of Us 1, it's about her slowly losing her humanity and losing her childhood and, be like unfortunately becoming an adult in like a really sad world while she's still a child and in the second one it's about her trying to refine that humanity and become a better person but unfortunately losing it and having to get grow up again as an adult in this really shitty world and I feel like when you take those two themes together they perfectly complement each other even though The Last of Us 2 the the video game I don't think it was the best personally yeah and like, add another check mark to the list of things we agree on. I 100% agree with everything that you said. Like, Period. I I know that being again vague to avoid spoiling for people who don't know with season two coming out. But mm -hmm. the big thing that happens at the start of the second Last of Us game, I wouldn't change that, but I would move it. I would. I hope mm -hmm. that the show introduces us to the new character a lot more so that mm -hmm. way we're following them and we really understand who they are and why they're doing what they do before they do the irredeemable thing like if they do that mm -hmm. i think it'll work a lot better for everyone you know because it's like you understand the character even as you hope they don't do what you know they're going to do yeah and again then it can still play on the themes like you were saying yeah, I also think, personally, 
not to be a hater because I do think I'm in the minority here. I don't think The Last of Us 2 needs to be two seasons. I really think they could have made it one season. And I think, like what you're saying, they're going to push, you know, the scene back. Because I think they're going to make that the season finale of The Last of Us 2 Part 1. Yeah, I, I, I really think, unfortunately, as much as I love Pedro Pascal... They could have made it one season and it would have worked because a lot of The Last of Us 2 is literally just walking around and fighting the cordyceps. But again, that's not what, you know, The Last of Us, the show is about. So I'm kind of interested to see where they're going to go with it. It's going to take us five years to see it probably, (laughs) but like, I'm excited. They said that, like, I think they're aiming for 2025 for the release date of season two. Fucking Christ, dude. I'm not going to give a shit at that point. Like, fuck. We'll see. Like I, the other thing is that from an interview that I read with the showrunner, he said that uh, the upcoming seasons are going to be having more zombies as well, or not zombies, infected as they're called. Which cool, long as you don't overcorrect and have it be nothing but action. Because while it could be cool. This isn't John Wick. We're not here for the action. We're here for the characters. I will say, though, it's kind of, what is it, relieving to see that he's kind of listening to some of the people who were really upset. Like, oh, there was no action. And he's like, you know what? I hear you. We'll put some more action in the next season. Like, there's nothing we can do about it this season. But right. next season, we'll make sure it's in there. Does it need to be two seasons, though? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I'm going to have to wait till like 2025 and 2020 fucking nine at this point to tell yeah. you yes or no. But in 2023, I'm going to say no. Uh, for me, in 2023, having played through a little over half of the second game, mm-hmm. I think that if it is two seasons, it should be two, like, seven episode seasons. It's not. It is yeah, not 20 nine episodes. Nine episodes. It's not 18 or 20 episodes worth of content. I can say that 100%. Alrighty, and we're going to go ahead and move on to... uh, We're going to talk about The Mandalorian. Yeah. Baby Yoda, Grogu, whatever you love to call him. We all love to see him. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're here to talk about Pedro Pascal today. Yeah. And we're here to talk about The Mandalorian, obviously. And from what I know about what Evan thinks about this season... And what I think about the season, of course, being very on brand, we have two completely different takes on it so far. That is what it sounds like. Because to start out with a bit of uh, sort of context to everything, we're currently recording this episode after the first six have released. So the episode is going to release the same day episode seven does. Mm -hmm. So maybe it'll completely change and that'll make me reconsider my entire opinion. I highly doubt it, but I guess you can start, Cass, since you started the section. Yes. Okay. So I currently kind of like where the Mandalorian is going, but it's simply because of the idea that I like consistency in a show. And I think the Mandalorian has been really good with upkeeping the consistency of the themes of the show, if this makes any sense. I can explain this a little bit more. The themes um, of the show, you say, but I thought that you can only care about themes if you're a critic, Cass. Yeah, mm. today I'm going to be a critic against you, Evan. I'm taking on the Bowser, the Ganondorf, all of them today. Right. Um, 
So the first season, it's very, very clear from the beginning, like, what the plot is, right? And so the plot is uh, Dindajin, or however you say his name, gets Grogu, who we all belovedly call Baby Yoda at the time. He's supposed to take him to the grandma, but he doesn't. He decides, fuck that, I'm going to keep him. He's precious, and we love him for it. Second season is him being like, uh, we're going to go ahead. We're going to try and find a Jedi to train baby yoda who we find out is grogu after we run into ahsoka right and then you leave them there now i've never seen the book of boba fett so i'm kind of missing like the whole reunitement but season three it's clear they're reunited and from what i know is you're like i just don't get where they're going with this but to Mm -hmm. me i feel like it's been clear from like episode two that they're going to want to bring all of mandalore back and with this last episode it's very clear that they want to make Mandalore a, you know, a whole planet again. Like, they want they want to have their people back in their homeland, which I feel like is really, like, it's valid. They deserve it. And I don't know why you don't see that. So, here's the thing. I, there's a couple of things. Number one, that is the same argument that my family actually made after we saw the latest episode. And like, I do get that. I will take back my criticism on that front. But, Mm -hmm. so here's the thing. Here's the thing for me. For starters, uh, and this is just me being conspiracy theory, paranoid, I don't know, whatever. It feels like they're writing Pedro Pascal out of the show. Because the episode six ended with them basically undoing his entire character arc from this current season what little he had and the book of boba fett where he was trying to learn how to use the dark saber and to be a better mandalorian and now it's like well he doesn't have the dark saber anymore and it it feels really like he's done nothing this season like i i like the character of bo katan I like her story, but it's coming at the expense of Din Dinjarin. Dinjarin. It's, I, it's like Dinjarin, I think. Yeah. Yeah, like, and that's like that, and the fact that most of the episodes, it feels like they don't know what co- like they can't really stick on what they want to do. So it's all of these side stories. Like, for starters, respect to Jack Black. He was great in the Mario movie. He's a great actor. He and Christopher Lloyd are both great. It's a shame they were in the worst episode of The Mandalorian, though. Yeah, I I did feel like that plot lacked somewhat because it was like, oh my god, these droids aren't working. But I think it was important to the plot that Mandalore is going to need allies. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? It and does. they're building yeah. that up. They've already made two very strong allies, I feel like, in the last couple episodes. And that's something that they're going to need. And I know you were not a big fan of that one episode where you were like, oh, it has nothing to do with the plot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, if, you, if you've seen the episode, you know what we're talking about. It's like, it feels kind of out of left field. Yeah. Like it's take, I don't minutes... think it's out of left field. Okay. okay I feel like... 
I feel like that girl, the short-haired girl who who backstabbed like that doctor guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like she clearly is working. She's like she's a Hercules Mulligan of the story. She's definitely an insider spy, and I think that she is going to want. She's helping the Grand Mall or whatever his name is. I don't know exactly what it Grand is. Grand Moff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want to call him like. Oh, what is he in Breaking Bad? I forget. Oh, Gus. Gus, Yeah. We can just Um, call him Gus if we want. Yeah. Everyone knows who we're talking about. Yeah. 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 So she wants to help Gus. I'm just kidding. Um, But I think she obviously is still working for him. And the Mandos are basically going to take him down. And I think you needed to see that backstory of her and just how manipulative she is. Because I think everybody thinks like, oh, the scary part of you know all of these is like darth vader it's uh kylo ren it's anakin skywalker or not anakin skywalker that's a good guy it's uh the grand moth (laughs) um but and they think like they have all their little sidekicks i think what they're trying to lead into is that those sidekicks are whole ass like useful characters and they're trying to get into like those stories you know what i mean and showing how important they are I think I do get what you mean. Yeah. And I do like that sort of thing. Like, I really like it in concept. I think my thing was more the execution of it. Because like I told you earlier, before we started recording, uh, I talked about uh, that episode with one of my friends. And it was like, it feels sort of weird that in one of the precious eight episodes of The Mandalorian, we get every, like, two years... We spend it not following the Mandalorian. And if it turns out that all of this leads up to a absolutely amazing nonstop action-packed season four, that'll be great. Mm-hmm. But as it stands right now, this season feels a lot, I don't want to say filler arc, because it is leading to something, I can tell. Mm-hmm. But it feels like one of those necessary evil things where it's like, okay, we got this awesome story. Now we just got to get all the pieces in place for it. I actually highly disagree. Really? Shocker, I know. Yeah, but I highly disagree. I feel like we know where they're heading with this now, right? Like it, I mean, to me, it was abundantly clear from the beginning, but if it took some people a couple episodes, you know, whatever. Um, We know that they're wanting to bring Mandalore back together. Right, and we've seen how powerful Din Djin, whatever the fuck, is on his Pedro own. Pedro Pascal is. Yeah, own. Pedro Pascal, <laughs> love him, everything. We all see how um, strong Bo-Katan is on her own. I mean, everybody knows how strong Boba Fett is on his own. Mm-hmm. Right, so imagine if you had a whole fucking planet of people that strong and that powerful, how just amazing your storylines could be. Yeah. And, like, that's the thing. I do think that season four could be excellent. I just don't think this season is. This season feels a lot like a necessary evil. Like, let's let's walk down a little hypothetical here. Mm-hmm. So we both love Infinity War and Endgame. Yes. Infinity War is great. Endgame is great. Let's imagine a hypothetical world where, and this didn't happen. I want to clarify that. But let's imagine a world where Infinity War wasn't, where Thanos wasn't in Infinity War. He just wasn't until maybe the last uh, 
10 minutes. And it was a bunch. And imagine that Infinity War was just the his servants uh, doing stuff in the background while uh, everyone else is investigating the Infinity Stones. Let's imagine a movie with that. For starters, there's very little action there, which, again, action isn't everything, but it would be important. And it feels like that's sort of what this season of The Mandalorian feels like, where it's all of the henchmen getting things in place, so that way when things really go down next movie or next season, that's when all of the awesome stuff is going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I like where this season is. I like the amount. I mean, bringing up a whole planet on your own and, you know, getting everybody together, there's no really, I mean, like, good way to do that in a show. In a movie, you could have, like, I mean, like, obviously, like, in Infinity War, when everybody comes together, it's this big, amazing, grand, like, awesome thing, right? In a TV show, you have so much more time. You can really get into the depths and the details of stuff like that. So I feel like, to me, I feel like they're doing a good job with getting it all together and making everything as action-packed as they can. Because a big point of Star Wars is just, like, you slowly get everybody together by doing all these side quests. That's that's kind of, like, been a thing in the Star Wars movies, like, the old ones, the new ones, and the fucking Star Wars Sims pack. Like, that's <laughs> literally how it, it's always been. So I feel like they're doing the best they can with keeping their brand the same. Does that make any sense? I think it does. And I can kind of agree with that. But, like, the thing is, for me, I don't know if maybe it's me growing tired of the formula, but it feels like this season, it's wearing a little thin because i know that very much season one was like that mm -hmm. with the middle two episodes they were just set up stories for things in season two and like mm -hmm. i think season two is my favorite oh big really? hot take here season two is the best Ooh. i was gonna say that's my least favorite no why yeah yeah, I like I like the idea of Baby Yoda, you know, going out and getting his little Jedi powers. And obviously it's very important to season three. And we're starting to see like how powerful he is. So I appreciate the storyline. But the way you feel about this one where you're like, oh, it just feels like unnecessary, like the amount of side quests that they're going on. Da, 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 da. Like other than like Boba Fett flying in and crossing paths with Ahsoka and learning Grogu's name, literally the whole rest of the story was so boring to me compared really? to season one. I don't know. Like for me, season two just felt awesome. Like I think the first half of it was weaker where it was those side stories. Like I'll agree with mm -hmm. you on that. But the second half was just so awesome. And it had, it was just handled so much great acting, oh. so much great dialogue yeah, and I was like, going to say, I take it back to one other point I want to add was the last episode of season two was amazing. Obviously, yeah. like, top ten favorite episodes of, like, all television history time. It was just amazing. Well, to me, I, I liked how you. it went as, yeah. like, a, as a diehard Grogu fan. Like, seeing that was that whole thing. And then uh, Luke Skywalker coming in, you know amazing right like to me i thought it was amazing but yeah. 
Um, yeah, season two fell flat to me. I'm sorry. I, I, don't know. I hate I don't paying see. that, Pedro. Daddy Pedro, if you're listening, yeah. I love you. I think that we can. I think there's a couple things we can't agree on. Number one, Pedro was great in season two, at least, right? Period. Yeah. Yeah. And number two, I feel like he's, and I, I know the reason why. The reason why for this next point is because of The Last of Us, like we discussed earlier. Mm-hmm. But it feels like Pedro Pascal isn't in most of season three of The Mandalorian. And like, that makes sense because, you know, conflicts with actor schedules, you know, he mm-hmm. was in The Last of Us. He gave his everything to that. So he's going to be exhausted, not able to make as many recording sessions for The Mandalorian, of course. Yeah. But it all like, so obviously they have to write around that, but it mm-hmm. feels like, and I, I won't claim this is an original argument. I've been seeing this a lot on the internet. It feels like uh, Din Djarin isn't the Mandalorian anymore. Like he's not the main character of the show. And it's not just, that's not just speculation because recently, like I think a couple days ago at time of recording, the producers of the show did even confirm, yeah, there is no main, there's no one singular main character anymore. Like, the Mandalorian is all of the Mandalorians. Yeah, but that makes sense. If you're gonna get a whole planet of Mandalorians, you're not just gonna be like, oh, well, let's focus on this one Mandalorian. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the same thing as, like, as, I don't know how to explain it. Like, in Star Wars, yeah, there's, like, like, I mean, there's, like, Luke Skywalker and Leia and there's, like, Anakin and there's Padme, but it's about all of the Jedis. There's not, like, yeah. one specific main character. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And, and I think... I know I keep saying that a lot. It's, like, a yeah. South Park thing. I'm so sorry. But, um... <laughs> oh, good. But, um... I was gonna say, I think... I don't know how to put what I'm trying to say into words. I think... Din Djarin's whole, you know, storyline, they don't need to necessarily expand on all of that anymore because his main storyline was to protect Grogu and to do what's best for Grogu. And now we're at a point where we feel like he's doing that. Like, Grogu can protect himself and Grogu can handle himself and he's growing up to go in the path of a Mandalorian as what we're seeing right now, right? So. Why do we need to expand on his storyline anymore? He's achieved his storyline that he wants. So why not give that to other people who have the bigger struggles? Like, um, Boca, what's her name? I forget it. Boca Tan. Yeah. Boca Tan. Yeah. Obviously, like, she's struggling with the loss of her dad. She's struggling with how she feels as a Mandalore. She's struggling with, I mean, like, her home just fucking blew up. Like, she literally yeah. has nowhere. To, she has so and much like, more story than and I will agree right now. That I do find her story really really interesting like Mm -hmm. i'm hoping that it goes more into the quote-unquote fantastical elements of it like the stuff with the mythosaur for example i loved that to no end and i'm happy if they do that however i would i think for me this would have sit better if they did something like earlier like if they had tempered expectations you know because most people see season three of the mandalorian and they think okay time for more of din Djarin and grogu mm-hmm. and that's not really what this season is 
But I think they're and, trying to stray from that. Yeah. And like, I'm glad they are. I just wish that we had gotten a bit of warning about it is the thing. I mean, they gave us a whole season of warning. <laughs> like but they this, no, have I, been boasting up basically like, oh, he's going to become a Mandalore. And then, you know, we're going to move on to other things. Like clearly like episode, I think it was three was about. Oh, all no, different no. Cass, people. They've been Cass, talking I mean, about Bo-Katan this whole time. Like I mean they're slowly like, going away from that. Okay. What I meant was like, if before this current season, they had said, expect this to be Bo-Katan's season, that would have been better is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but people are fucking haters, Evan. You can't, especially the Star Wars community, the second they say, like, they release, I don't know if you know this, which is why I'm kind of a fan of where the season is going, but they announced, I believe, three movies in different yeah. times of the Star Wars um, universe, right? Because George Lucas is a big fan of, like, the idea that you can go back in time and tell a story and go forward in time or in current time. So they're releasing three different mov- three different movies, right? So there's going to be one before what happens during The Mandalorian and then one that basically happens after everything, if I'm gathering everything correctly. And you can look yeah. into the plots of those. I don't want to say it for those people who might be listening who are big, like, fans. Um, I think where we're going with this is going to be very, very, very integral to what is coming, yeah. if that makes any sense. So, like, because I, I remember reading about exactly what you're talking about. And mm-hmm. I think one of the quotes that I saw was the main creator or the producer talking about how this, we are living in a world right now where one of those three movies could actually be just a Mandalorian movie. Exactly. And like, if they do, like, I would like that. Like, if they do season four... And they build it so that way, like, the movie is the finale of the Mandalorian saga. Mm-hmm. I think that could be kind of awesome. But for me... But they have to set... Oh, my God. I thought there was wasps in my house. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I thought I felt it on my knee. Okay. <laughs> I'm traumatized. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but, like, but... I... So, like, the thing is, even if all of that is done and it's awesome, this is still going to be the setup season for me. And I do get that. It is important we have that. I like that they're doing that. I just don't think that compl- like setup is... So here's the thing. For me, setup is great when you get payoff to it soon. I might, for example, season four might come out. Then I'll come back to this and go, oh my god, look at all of this that got paid off. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. But I can't say that at the moment is the thing. Because to me, mm. setup without payoff is just the promise that no really will absolutely do this. Trust us. And I have seen far too many one season anime to be able to believe that. That's well, the thing. The good news is that this isn't anime. This is like, I looked it up, a $7 billion, <laughs> you know, movie franchise that's been going on since the 80s. So you're not going to be left hanging. How many, more, so how many Star Wars movies have been canceled again? I lost count at about five. Yeah, but look at how many shows have been canceled. How many have been canceled on cliffhangers? You mean? Without payoff? On Is that? Boba Fett, I feel like we have to give a pass because that was casting fuck up. 
Yeah. That one oh, girl no, who was like the big Trump supporter uh, and they had to cancel her. Called? Like the, that fucked Republic, up like the whole the story. Rangers of the New Republic. That was it. Yeah. I oh, was that it. I don't really know. That yeah. But <laughs> I mean, like, look at Clone Wars went on for years and years and years. And it's like all of my friends who are big Star Wars fans highly recommend the Clone Wars. Um, Ahsoka's, I believe, is going to be coming out, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Mandalorian is a huge franchise. Baby Yoda makes so much fucking money. Did you know, by the way, Baby Yoda single-handedly saved Build-A-Bear from bankruptcy? That's how big he is. And he continues to single-handedly keep Build-A-Bear from bankruptcy every year. Damn. That is how big he is. And people, I I don't think you're seeing that. They are not going to cancel the Mandalorian until he stops making them money and that's going to be a while okay then i i guess we can't agree on that for sure mm-hmm. Just, i don't it's this i don't know i don't know how to explain it other than They're i not gonna cancel the mandalorian pedro pascal yeah, is no, at the height like, of his they won't no like, what what could pop what show would possibly get rid of pedro pascal let's be real here what show would ever do that I mean, anyways, because we're not. Anyways, I <laughs> Joe golf clubs, kids. Yeah. Oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I feel like we've been talking for a pretty good amount of time. So, like, yeah. you got any last remarks you want to add there, Cass? Or I love Daddy Pedro. I I love him also. Pedro Pascal. What, call him Daddy Pedro, <laughs> Evan. No. No. Call him Daddy Pedro. <laughs> I swear to he God. He enjoys it. It's not degrading if he enjoys it. Okay, fine. I, I love Daddy Pedro. God Period. Damn. Period. Rudy's Period. Quote that. I already know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah, we love Pedro Pascal, if that wasn't obvious already. Yeah. Like, even when he's in what one person considers a subpar season, he's excellent. He kills and it. Even when like, you can't see his face for the whole damn season, he kills it. He does. He's just so great. I love He's him. He's amazing. We love him. Anyways, uh, we <laughs> hope you've loved this episode also, you know? Yeah. And, you know, you've been listening to Nerd Normal. Uh, anyways, have fun, all you big nerds. And have fun, all you normies. Bye. Bye.